0: Welcome to the Major Gifts Fundraiser Podcast with Clark Van Deventer. I'm Monica and we're excited to have the opportunity to help you raise more money for your nonprofit than you ever thought possible by developing deeper and more meaningful relationships with your donors. This podcast is designed to get you thinking, to challenge you, to inspire you, and to give you some practical tools that you can use right now in your work as a fundraiser. If you hear something that you'd like to learn more about or if Clark mentions a resource you'd like to get your hands on, just email me. My email address is monica at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. That's monica, M-O-N-I-C-A at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. We offer a variety of services to nonprofits and development professionals from DIY, that's do-it-yourself, to D-W-Y, done with you, to D-F-Y, that's done for you. To learn more, just email me at monica@majorgiftsfundraiser.com. At All right, without further ado, here's Clark.
1: Buenos dias, mis amigos. Hey, Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gifts Fundraiser. Hope that you are having a great day. All right, I want to go through just a, a list of some things I've learned, right? So just random thoughts, almost things that I have learned about fundraising. And I've been doing this. I started fundraising as a college student. I was 19 years old. There was stuff I wanted to do on my campus. I wanted, I wanted to bring big name speakers to my campus. And to do that, I, I needed money. And so I started raising money as a 19-year-old college student. I'm 40 years old now. And so uh, 21 years of raising money. So here, what have I learned? All right, I'm just going through a potpourri of stuff that I have learned as a fundraiser today. So um, the three E's. All right, three E's, the essential qualities of a great fundraiser. All right, think about these. Empathy, energy, enthusiasm empathy, energy, enthusiasm, empathy, like the ability to tap into the emotions of the person sitting across from you, right? And energy, right? A- an energy, right? Uh, an energy in the room, right? That this person is as a fundraiser, right? Do I have an energy that is contagious, which is different from enthusiasm, right? Enthusiasm would be just like a genuine passion for the project. So, Empathy, energy, enthusiasm, All right. Getting the visit is the hard part, right? Like you know this. You getting the visit is the hard part. If you can get the meeting, you you will get a gift eventually, right? It's hard to know, like if it's going to be a like, is this person you're going to get a meeting with going to be the next big donors? Is this the, your your future chairman of the board? I don't know. But getting the visit is the hard part. So do the hard work on getting the visit. So I I talk about this sometimes about how we spend so much time thinking about how we're going to make the ask for the gift. But the first ask that we make is the ask for the visit. And so you've got to work hard on getting the visit. Use VIPs uh, to help you get visits. Make moves on donors to prepare them for the first ask, right, which is the ask for the visit. All right. Uh, Donors give big audacious gifts to big audacious ideas. All right. Don't sell need. Your organization has no needs. You have the solution. All right. So um, I sometimes say like to get a million dollar gift, you need a million dollar idea. All right. Donors give big audacious gifts to big audacious ideas. All right materials. I I go into almost every meeting with no materials. All right. Occasionally there'll there'll be a a specific reason why I'm bringing materials to a meeting, but I don't like to go into meetings with materials. Brochures have a way of finding their way to the trash. All right. Don't rely on printed materials. Uh, Especially don't like take materials in and walk a donor through them. All right. Don't rely on print materials. Um, three things that donors are looking for before making a big gift. I have seen this again and again and again and again and again. All right. Belief in the mission, financial stability, and regard for staff. Right. that Obviously, there's got to be a mission fit. They have to believe the organization is financially stable. I don't mean like financially successful necessarily in the sense that like, money's flowing, you know, but people give to organizations that are financially stable, right? They don't give to sinking ships. And then look, they're like, regard for staff is important. There's that old thing, like people give to people. That's not entirely true, right? Like if, if your, your donor may love you, but if you go to work for an organization that They're not a mission fit with. They're not going to continue to give to that organization. But, like, let's just be honest. Like, there's other organizations similar to yours that have a similar mission. You may be different in some way or another, but there's other organizations with a similar mission, right? There's other organizations that are also financially stable, all right? So, regard for staff is essential, Um. So another thing is that um, I love my donors. Like I really do. I, the donors that I've worked with over time have become among my closest friends. Right. And like, why how, why wouldn't they become among my closest friends? They are people who I, who I share values with. We have the same goals, the same beliefs. We want this world to look the same way in the sense that, like, we are both in support of this organization with this thrust, right? But I have to remember that this is business. Like, yes, I love my donors, but this isn't a social call. Like, I'm calling on them because I want to advance our shared mission and our shared goals. All right. Okay, another thing I like to do in meetings. So, like, I'm going to meet with a donor, and this relationship's been building, right? They, I, I give a sense of purpose to my donor relationships. And as we get closer and closer to the ask, the donor senses that it's coming. And there are times that we're getting close to the ask, but I'm not ready to make the ask just yet. And, I, and I'm meeting with the donor and they know the ask is getting close. And they, in fact, actually think that maybe it's coming in this meeting. Okay, so when that happens, um, like they're not hearing what I'm saying, they're thinking like, how much is he going to ask for? Right. So in those meetings, I like to tell the donor right up front, I'm not asking for a gift today. Right. I may even say like, hey, like when I come back, I'm going to be asking and like and I'll even joke. Right. Like, watch out because I'm going to be asking for a lot, you know, and the donor and I, we laugh together. Right. But. If I'm not asking for a gift in this visit, and I get the sense that they think that ask is coming, I just like to say right up front, I'm not asking for a gift today. By the way, usually when I have an ask meeting, the ask comes pretty early in the meeting. The donor, it's so clear that uh, we've gotten to this point. I mean, I've literally walked into donors' living rooms. We've had a few pleasantries, and the donors said to me, Well, like, do you want to give me your pitch now or do you want to give it later? Right. Because they know it's coming and, and there's been this buildup to it. All right. So as you have that build up, right, the more time you take building rapport, the less it will seem like you're applying pressure later. Right. So you're there's going to come a moment in this relationship where you're going to ask for a gift. Right. Like at some point you well you you should right? like a donor will never give a gift uh, what they're fully capable of unless you ask them to give that gift right ask the donor to stand on their tiptoes so there's going to come a point where you ask for the gift and there's tension right like you ask a donor for you're meeting with a a donor whose previous high gift is is a thousand dollars and you're asking them for twenty five thousand dollars like there's a bit of tension in the air the degree to which you have built rapport, that you've spent time building that rapport, it will cut the tension, right? It's, if you just meet someone and ask for $25,000, there's going to be more tension, right? If you take time to cultivate, you're going to cut that tension. All right, next is listen to objections. Like don't dig in your heels, right? Don't say that's not true, right? Even if it's not right? Listen, acknowledge, respond, all right? This is empathy. By the way, if you are effectively asking strategic questions and listening to gift, you should get most of your objections. You should deal most with your objections before the ask is made. People tend to think like we make the ask and then we deal with objections as part of the closing strategy. There, there will be some objections after you make the ask, But you should be dealing with most of your objections before the ask is made. All right, next. All right, the late, great Gerald Panis. All right, gosh, this guy was, um, it meant so much to my life. Um, There's this quote from Jerry where he says, like, work hard at putting people completely at ease and making them feel important. Get them talking about themselves and their concerns. Probe, hold eye contact, and listen to how they feel. Understand fully that people are more likely to listen to you if you listen to them first. All right? This, our donors ought to be the spotlight of our meetings. Like we're not the star of the show; the donor is the star of the show. All right, Alex Spanos, um, great uh, philanthropist. Um Alex Spanos once said, I never give because I think there's a need. There are lots of needs. I give because it's a program I'm interested in, and I think I can make a real difference. Right? I said I I said this earlier like people don't give to needs, they give to solutions, right? People don't give to needs, they give to solutions. Your organization has no needs the people you serve have needs, you offer the solution, right? That's what motivates Alex Spanos and other major donors to give big gifts. All right, sell your mission. It's all about the mission of the organization, all right? I constantly hear from uh, development staff that they're looking for programs to sell. (laughs) It frustrates me so much. Because donors have told me again and again and again that they don't care about programs. They care about mission. Right? They care about programs to the extent that programs accomplish the mission. Right? So we have a great program on this. It, it's uh, Donor Giving Secrets Revealed, where we actually interviewed major donors. Like I got tired of trying to communicate to organizations that this is what donors actually tell us. Right, And so I interviewed donors and asked them what motivates them to give big gifts. And they talked about this. They talked about mission, mission, mission. That they give to specific programs only because they help accomplish the mission. And that you can get a bigger gift. You'll get bigger gifts by selling mission than you will than if you're selling programs. All right? So you want unrestricted funds, right? Sell mission. All right, this is a common issue with organizations, right? They need more unrestricted funds. They're getting all this earmarked money. Well, if you want earmarked money, sell programs, right? If you want unrestricted gifts, sell mission. All right, and th- I, we, I talk to a lot of nonprofits about this. They need money for for overhead, right? And like, but why do we have why do we have the staff that we have? Why do we have groundskeepers? Why do we have electricity? Why do we have Wi-Fi? Why do we have the internet? Mission, right? Mission, sell, mission. All right, board members, right? Two out of three people who give gifts of a million dollars or more serve on the board of the recipient institution. Marlon Burnham, all right? This was a great San Diego philanthropist. When someone calls on me, I can tell if there's a passion for the organization. I can actually feel it. If the fundraiser isn't deeply committed, How can they expect me to be? All right, this goes back to the enthusiasm, right? The three qualities of a great fundraiser, empathy, energy, enthusiasm, right? Is there enthusiasm for the cause, right? And if if you as a fundraiser don't have that, your donor can sniff that out, baby. (laughs) They can. And seriously, like our lives are too short, right? Like there's too many other things to do. If you are working for an organization that you just don't have a genuine passion for, like move on, move on as quickly as possible. right start interviewing, make your plans move on. all right for two reasons. One, your life is too short, right And the second is, is you're taking up a seat at an organization and there's someone else out there who is passionate about that, right Like move on, free up that spot for someone who is passionate about that. All right, money is not the problem. There's like there's so much money out there that is constantly chasing bad ideas, right? Money is not the problem. Uh, you you just got to get out there. You got to talk to people. You got to sell your mission. You got to go out there and get in front of donors. Tell your story. Get meetings. Money's not the problem. Uh, for your donors, it's not about the money even. It's about... Changing lives, changing lives, saving lives. can't tell you how many times I've had donors make illogical gifts, right? They've, <laughs> they, they've said to me, like, they, they've had all these tax plans on how they're going to give, and then they, they just throw them out the window, and they give the gift when it makes no sense because they want to change lives and save lives. They want their gift to make a difference. So your job is to describe how your organization makes a difference in a unique way. All right, uh, yeah, and, and to do that, you first have to listen, right? How are you? Go- how can you effectively communicate to the donor in front of you? You got to listen to what it is that's important to them and figure out how the mission of your organization dovetails with their own personal mission in life. All right, another thing, don't don't say no for anyone, right? Don't assume that someone won't give, just ask, right? Like, don't say no for anyone. Some gifts, by the way, some gifts are given cerebrally, but the bigger the gift, the more emotional the decision will be. Audacious gifts are given from the heart. So if you want a modest gift, like, make make a logical case for support, right? Like, if you want a modest gift... Like, just just explain how your organization works, how it's effective, right? Like, A plus B equals C. One plus one equals two, right? Make a logical case for support, and you will get modest support. But if you want a big gift, all right, appeal to the heart. By the way, on this point, uh, partners, husbands and wives, right, they... Sell to both, right? Like, don't meet with only one uh, half of a giving unit, right? My wife and I discuss our gifts, right? Now, sure, there's there's some level, right? Like, I could just tell my wife, like, "Hey, I I gave a gift to this organization, right? Oh, I, I saw this thing they were doing. I had a friend who was raising money for this, right? I saw this need, right." And those will be modest gifts. But there's a level, right? There's a dollar amount at which I have to discuss that with my wife. All right? So sell to both. All right, the case for support must be bigger than the organization. It can't be organization-centric. must be about your community, the nation, the world, whatever. Um, Giving is a habit-honed skill. Right. A person who is not a giver is not likely to start with a big gift to your organization. Start slow with these people. Right. Like, I mean, the best news I can ever get when I'm asking strategic questions in a, in a discovery meeting is to find out that a donor has given big gifts to another organization. They've given big gifts to another organization. Right. They, they know they've experienced the joy of giving. This is a really good sign for me. I'm excited about this. If if someone is uh, extraordinarily wealthy and they have no history of giving, like it doesn't matter how great their wealth is, they don't have an experience of giving big gifts. Like I have a long way to go to get them there. Um, don't ask for big gifts over a meal. I ju- I just hate asking for gifts over a meal. I mean I've done it. But I hate it, right? It's like I, I make the ask and the waiter comes over and they're pouring the wine, you know, and the ask us how our meal is or whatever. I, I hate it. I, I I wanna be at the kitchen table. I wanna be in the living room, right? I wanna be in the office. I don't wanna be at a restaurant. Um, people who are most likely to give to you in the future are people who've given to you in the past, like people, so many organizations are constantly like wishing for new donors. Uh, they, they, they just haven't properly cared for their own donors. We should always be prospecting, right? You should always be looking to add new donors, right? But you but get new donors and bring them along on a journey and let them give big gifts later right your big gifts should be coming from your existing donors not that that you're going to have exceptions to that you will but you're you cultivate your current donors for big gifts right you're, you're sitting on acres of diamonds right acres of diamonds you just don't know what an uncut diamond looks like you don't know what a polished an unpolished diamond looks like so look at your own list do the cultivation and uh, discover your own acres of diamonds. Uh, Another thing, uh, take nothing for granted. Don't assume an insider, right? Like we get these people, they start to get close to us, uh, board members or volunteers or just people who who are around and we can start to assume that we don't have, they already know the story and we stop selling don't stop selling. you have to always be selling you have to always be bringing the donor back to the emotion of the organization. Um, all right, hey I hope I hope like some of this stuff has has um, just got your mind thinking a little bit. If uh, you heard me mention something today that you have a question about like if you'd like to hear me, talk more about a specific line from this podcast, right? Because I just went through a bunch of stuff, just kind of a potpourri. If you heard something, you're like, man, what do you mean about that, Clark? Like, expl- talk to me more about that. Shoot me an email at Clark at fundraiser.com That's Clark at fundraiser.com Hey, I've said this before. I come into my office every day and it's just like, who could, like who could I serve today and I just mean that in the like, just most sincere way I could possibly say it I, I love it and so if if you want me to serve you just put yourself in front of me shoot me an email Clark at major all right thanks so much for listening have a great day
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. Monica here again. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about our workshops and how you can bring Clark into your organization for a day or two workshop where he works directly with you and your team in your office. If you're benefiting from these podcasts, imagine how much more you could accomplish with Clark spending a couple days in your office. You can book a strategic development workshop with Clark This all starts with Clark getting together on a long call with you, either over the phone or video conference. He's going to dig in. He's going to find out who you are, what your organization's about, what challenges you face, and just where you're at in general. Then he's going to provide a written development report. This report is something that you could give to your boss or your board. It's a professional outside assessment of where your organization is at. And that call is really important because Clark wants to know where you are so that when he comes in, he can spend his time addressing the issues that are most pertinent to you and where you guys are as an organization. So Clark's going to travel to you. He's going to get on a flight. He's going to come out to wherever you are and spend some time with you and your team. There's a real synergy that happens during these workshops. Everybody's on the same page. They're hearing the same message. They're starting to talk in the same vocabulary. It's really powerful. And you know, when Clark first got started in fundraising, he was fortunate to have access to really great training. He went to professional seminars led by the best fundraising coaches of their time, but still he would leave and get back to his office and be back in the trenches. And even after having all that great training, when it was time to actually get back to work, He felt a little bit lost. There were doubts that crept in. How do I make this relevant to me? Then the organization he worked for hired one of those speakers, one of those coaches who was leading the seminars, to come to their office and coach them directly. They did this multiple times, and it was amazing. Clark got to spend some time with Gerald Panis. If you know him, you know how amazing he was at fundraising. And he got to travel with Jerry and meet with donors. Jerry became a mentor to Clark, and that meant so much to his career because Jerry was the best fundraising coach of his time. Hands down, he was a legend. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but he lived to be 89 and he was full of life to the end. Still, of course, it's very sad that Jerry is gone. But I think Clark is the Jerry Panis of this next generation. He has a letter from Jerry and it was written on Clark's behalf to a university president, and he wrote, Clark knows how to manage people. He works effectively with volunteers and board members. He knows every aspect of fundraising and operating a development office. Best of all, he loves asking for gifts. He's a star. I can't recommend these in-house workshops enough. They're a shot in the arm for your organization and you'll be so inspired, but not just inspired. You're going to feel motivated and equipped to take on the world. To find out more about these workshops, email me at Monica at Major Gifts Fundraiser. That's Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A at com. Thanks for listening.